Okay, ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens as storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together, we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your Cinema Q. Let's do it. Let's go. <sighs> Welcome back, friends. Welcome. To Cinema Q. Cheers. Oh, cheers. It's a wine day. Guess so. This is old wine. Wine day for Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> Today we are talking about Wednesday, the but, movie but show. The show movie. <laughs> but we're recording this on a Sunday, so super Don't funny. tell anybody that. We did this on a Wednesday, Wednesday for on, sure. Wednesday on a Sunday. For sure. But welcome back to Cinema Q. I'm Ian. I'm still India. That's good. And we are a married couple that loves film. And we're still married. Yes, and still a couple that loves film. Still. <laughs> oh, we're welcome. excited to talk about Wednesday, the viral Netflix series. Yeah. Series, TV series that came out, I think, in December. And within the first few weeks, like, popped off the charts, got a ton of buzz. So we're here to discuss why that is and why and when you should watch that in your cinema queue. Yes, absolutely. And it has been number one on Netflix for a long time, just recently got bumped down. So it actually was on the top 10 of most watched shows in the world, uh, like hours spent watching, which is incredible because yeah. that's competing against shows that have 10 seasons, that have you know so many more years worth of content. And Wednesday has one season out right now, and it is now top 10 this year for hours watched, it's in the billions. It's like- That's crazy. It's like 37 billion. I made that number up, but it's something close to that of hours spent by people watching. So it has gone That's viral, people are liking it, um, or at least watching it. And we are here to tell you why you should or should not put it in your cinema queue. Let's do it. Let's go. All so right. again, format, we're talking about, we have four points each. They might overlap. We did not talk about these points before, but we are going to discuss them, talk about them and uh, yeah, talk everything cinema about Wednesday. And reminder, this is going to spoil some of what happens in this show. So if you have not watched it, stop listening right now, go watch it and then come back and listen to this podcast. Or if you're like, I swear I'll never watch this show, by all means, continue, but we will be spoiling. So just Absolutely. so you know. And maybe this will convince you to watch it or maybe you were right and don't watch it. So hopefully our honest opinion will give you some further information on to uh, your watching experience and maybe you'll take a few bits out of this so you can go back and watch it again and appreciate the series even more. Totally. All right. Do you want to kick us off? Sure, I can. Let What's me take a one of your discussion sip points? Of wine Wednesday and what struck you about Jenna Ortega in this show, Ian? I was about to talk about every other character except her. <laughs> okay, so, go for it. <laughs> honestly, we finished the series a little while ago and I probably should have gone back to look at all the names of the characters. So give us some grace if we mess this up. Um, I might just describe a character as opposed to calling them by name. But I'll hopefully fact you check. can help me out. I'll yeah. help find the name. Absolutely. So I wanted to kind of start off about how a lot of what drives characters um, ambitions or personalities or how they interact uh, socially is that so much is written on shame mm. and a lot of the main characters come from a place of being shamed or different or the black sheep of the community mm. or it's like oh you don't belong here so we're going to put you somewhere else and they make you feel guilty for not being who we want you to be and I was just saying that that's a theme that I think why a lot of people latched onto this series because they might feel like they're the odd one out. They might feel like they don't belong. They might feel like they have qualities that aren't accepted anywhere else and they long for a place that, oh, all of these other kids are also not normal, the normies or whatever. And so I'm, I'm going to go to this place, this school to try to belong in a place because I've never belonged somewhere before. Mm -hmm. And we see that in Wednesday's character of, you know, after trying to redeem her brother's bullying by putting piranhas in the um, pool, flesh eating piranhas. And then she's like, oh, you are too different. You are too violent. You are too, you're not welcome here. Your family's weird. We're going to ship you off. We see it in Enid's character of how she hasn't fully, like, you know, developed and gotten her howl and transformed into this Which werewolf. is so cute, by the way. Like, yeah. she's... She's like not fully a werewolf, but they she's call trying. her like 
I'm waiting for my howl. Yeah. I think it was so pure. And But then the one interaction with her mom, she's gaslit, she's shamed. Oh, you haven't arrived yet. You are not who we wanted you to be. And then also the expectation that Wednesday's family has of like, we have this, you know, persona to upkeep. You must go and be this. And we're going to send the thing, the hand to keep an eye on you. And then there's just so much pressure from outside sources to be a certain way and an expectation mm. to be that way. And it's kind of heartbreaking because I grew up in a small farm town. I wanted to be a filmmaker and an actor. And there was kind of unknowingly a lot of that put onto me from friends and family and uh, people that I interacted with and teachers. And like, there's just a social expectation of who yeah. you should be. And I think that's why I resonated with this. Cause I was like, I get that. I've mm. been the, you know, oddball out. I've been the one that wanted to go be a Hollywood actor from a town of 201 people uh, from a small farm school with drive your tractor to school day. And so that was my, my first point was, I think people really connected with this because we can all kind of relate to feeling left out yeah. and wanting to belong. So I think that was a really cool narrative that they ran with and they leaned into the underdogs, the people that weren't, you know, the most likely to be the hero. Yeah. Um, and, and they told their story. So. so if you remember in this show, there's kind of two camps, there's like, the normies, which are the normal people, average humans don't have magical no gifting, no ability, stuff like that. And then they're called the outcasts or the, the students at Nevermore are kind of nicknamed that by the normies is like the derogatory way of saying like, oh, they're different, they have magic, they have some kind of power, so they're the outcasts. Us and them, right? Yeah, and I think I wrote that down as like underdog and unbelieved outcasts becoming the heroes that's kind of one of the elements that I think drives a lot of really successful cinema is this idea of, oh, I can latch on to this. Like in Outer Banks, what is it? The Pogues and the uh, something. Yeah. I'll have to research that one. But <laughs> We'll probably go over Outer Banks in one of these Or episodes, in The Hunger know. Games, there's like District 12 is like mm -hmm. the edge of the edge. The and then mining, District 1 lower, is like, man. yeah. And I think so it's not uncommon that we see this underdog theme being like really popular in cinema, but it's also not uncommon that we gravitate towards that and bringing it into scripture. If you are familiar with the story of Jesus, like underdog born in the lowest of the lows, uh, technically like born out of wedlock to a Virgin Mary who's pregnant while she's engaged and they don't know how she got pregnant. She's like, it was the Holy Spirit. And everyone's like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Like, <laughs> and so we see this like, completely bizarre outcast experience and then out of this comes the king who is the messiah and saves the people and then literally gets sacrificed and crucified because no one believes that that's true so or they're it's, scared of the like they're like i hey, this like, person from nowhere yeah is yeah. claiming all these things and like there's no way that could be the king yeah. it has to be something else so I think there's like a innate human reason why we all gravitate towards this like underdog story. And in Wednesday, like Wednesday Adams is the character from the older Adams family kind of storyline where it's this bizarre, darker family. They're all interested in the macabre and like the horrific in kind of a weird way. Um, so it's a play off of that. And so she comes in as the unbelieved outcast becoming the hero. I wrote down that she's like relatable and inspirational for viewers with family history. There's an element of like her, there's like whispers and rumors that her dad may have murdered someone. And she comes into this school, not only already loving this like darker, weird kind of fascination with death kind of thing, but also the kids know that she got transferred in because of the piranha incident. So they're already like, what? And then the teachers know what her dad allegedly did. And so I think there's all this interesting like kind of family history dynamic that is brought in with her. And I caught that like she kind of inspires people that you can break family trauma, family cycles. You don't have to um, just because something happened in your family history doesn't mean that that's who you are kind of thing. So I think if you're looking for a fresh way to like watch the show, like definitely kind of look for that sense, too, because she makes her own path known at the school and kind of becomes this detective that kind of saves the day at the end, even though she's like the outcast of the outcasts sort of thing. Absolutely. That's what um, I got. <laughs> so you actually touched on my third point, which I literally just wrote, 
she's an underdog story yeah. and Jesus is an underdog story. There we go. And that's how we can, I feel like that is why so many people connect to these films and shows is because people want the mm -hmm. unsuspecting hero to come in and offer a salvation, a saving that is even undeserved and they root for the hero or press against the hero, which makes them stronger. And, and everyone can kind of relate to that in some sense because most successful people started as underdogs. Most, you know, husbands and wives and children have underdog stories that they go through in their life, whether in a school system or in a family dynamic or in friendships or in loss of loved ones or jobs or just situational, environmental, you know, the, the way that they landed in life, the cards that they were dealt. And I think everyone kind of roots for that. Mm -hmm. um, so I had that exact same thing. And then you actually... Marriage. Yeah, my second point <laughs> you also even touched on. Okay. Where I said that Wednesday was being judged for her family's sins. Yeah. Right? It's a generational yeah. sin of like um, certain teachers and professors or principals judged or friends even or fellow classmates would look at her and judge her and put her in a category because of who her parents were. Mm -hmm. And their supposed sins at the school with the murder of the the one student. And, and so that hit home for me. And mm. I was like, oh, why is she judged? And they instantly started accusing her of murdering those students mm -hmm. because she was in the woods at the same time or whatever, yeah. when there's no evidence to support that. And she was even providing evidence for another case. Yeah. But it's like just the vibe was off because they suspected her from the start. Y'all, we could preach on that. Like, let's and, go. <laughs> and I, I just resonated with her because I've been in that place where I, I was like, my heart and my intention is so good. And I'm genuinely trying to help. And no one believes me. They don't just not believe me, but they're also putting me in the category of you're actually, you're in the wrong. And Ooh. you are... You know what is no it's just real right we all we all kind of go through that in life where it's like i genuinely am trying my best to to help here yeah and nobody doesn't just want that but then they're blaming me for it and um i, I think we've all found ourselves in that place and i was like i don't want to be written off for general generational trauma or sins and like my parents are great we, my family's super close <laughs> we're like, good we love we're you good. guys we're good. <laughs> And, and it's not about that, but I, I have friends that have been stuck in that. Yeah. I have uh, people that get labels placed on them because of their last name. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm sad for that, but I, I love seeing Wednesday fight through that, all the doubt. She would have a theory and she brought the DNA in the claw and was like, it has to be Xavier. And, you know, the, the sheriff came back and was like, no, it's not. Like, and, and she even gets expelled at one point and doesn't give up because she believes in what she was called to do in the midst of doubt, finds people that believes in her. And she's like, I can overcome this. I don't want this to define me. I want to write that own story. Come so on, somebody. That's a whole sermon right there. You know, like when pastors are like, so Wednesday gets called out to do something and says, yes, I will walk upon the waters. We're not going to do that. No. But we could totally parallel like this <laughs> calling put in her to like find the truth. And I think that's a line in there too. She's like, I care about the truth. Yeah. Like she just wants... Whatever it is, no matter how dark or disturbing it is, she's like, I just want to know the truth. Willing to put her own name and life on yeah. the line to make it happen. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful theme mm -hmm. in what's supposed to be kind of like a teenager yeah. show. You know what I mean? Yeah, in the in the search and advance towards truth, she is willing to sacrifice her image, herself, her yeah. own blood, sweat, tears, name, and status um, that she did obtain to to find truth. So. I think that that's important, that, that truth is important and grace isn't, or like love is important and truth is important, but truth without love is, is evil and mean and mm. hurtful and love without truth is, it, it like allows, I, so many other people have said this so much better than me, but like it allows space for you to not grow. It allows you to sit in places that aren't healthy for you. So I think truth and love need to coexist. Mm -hmm. And I think she started off her journey on seeking truth and she learned how to love in the middle of it with Mood. Enid and her family's trauma yeah. and her past and who people were and gave people second chances. It was really cool. Even befriended Eustace or Eugene. whatever. Eugene. I think it was Eugene with the bees. It was Eugene with the bees. Um, the, the other outcasts, like she, she found people, cared about them and was faithful. And that was really cool. Yeah, that bounces on to my next point, which was the show is basically about friendship outcast underdogs 
and like sticking to the truth no matter what. Um, so the friendship aspect I wrote down, Wednesday comes into a school with existing cliques and friend groups and gets offered friends, but pushes them away pretty instantly. And I think part of that is because she's being used to being, like she's being used to being rejected by other people. I said that. Being used to being. <laughs> I think she's used to being rejected by other people. So it's part of like her past is coming in like, oh, I'm I'm used to this. Like, it's okay if no one's my friend because I'm too much. I'm too bizarre anyway. But then she kind of discovers that like, she also presents herself to the world in kind of a dark, mysterious way. And some people are attracted to that and some people are repelled by that. But in the end, drama set aside, friends come together. She makes new friendships when there's a common enemy. And it's kind of like the power of friendship saves the day, which can be a little cheesy. But I think in this instance, like it was really pure. And there's a couple ups and downs leading to that finale that makes you think, oh my gosh, everyone's together. They're all going to fight this monster. And then they're like, just kidding. Wednesday's crazy. And then they all leave her again. But she still goes after the truth. So I think it kind of plays off of your point of like friendship and love and truth, like all intertwined is like the common theme of the show. And yeah, something that I found really, really pure in like a horror show like pure <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely okay absolutely. so i did my two i have two more what well okay, i have one two? more so okay let's go yeah all let's go back to you so you can okay. get one and then we'll both have one left okay so i was gonna talk about how even though this is kind of i wouldn't say it's a horror genre because it's still playful um but it's tim burton so if you know his work it's a little like leans into the obscure obscure and like darker themed yes it's darker for sure but it's not like gory um i would eh. say okay <laughs> I don't know. there's scenes it's hard it's tim burton i think that's yeah. the way to describe it. it's Absolutely. tim burton and so i wrote something about like one of the points that stood out to me about this show is that it's thematic horror without celebrating gore and I think when we first started it, I was like, okay, I know going into it Wednesday, Adams is known for being this like, like kind of into the creepy, crawly, Look at her family, macabre, right? whatever. One of their family members is a severed hand. Yes. So we know going into it that this is going to be a certain flavor of a little offbeat on purpose. Um, but what I thought was interesting is though she like is interested in some of this like darker stuff when students were getting murdered at her school, she goes to find the killer. She doesn't celebrate their death in like a weird, creepy way. It was kind of like, oh, this is obviously unjust and I have to find who's behind this, which I thought was good and healthy because obviously murder is not good. Death is sad. Like I wanted to make sure they didn't just like play off of all this creepy, crawly death. Let's celebrate and like in a weird witchcrafty way. And they didn't. I think they did a good job of She's interested in it in like a peculiar, like um, Edgar Allan Poe kind of way. I have a weird interest with this stuff, but not in like a let's celebrate it. Let's promote this. Because if it was that way, I think I would be like, this is not a show that we should be watching or that should go viral or anything. But yeah. they did it in a good way that was like intriguing and darker for someone who's interested in more of those like creepy crawlies um, for like Halloween fanatics without it being like totally like celebrating gore. So yeah. Absolutely. And so that makes me think of how numb we've come to on-screen deaths a lot of time. Yeah. Because so many shows and films have so much death. And there's so much death in real life that I, like if we look at, you know, Game of Thrones or we look at mm. all these war movies that... What is um, it, uh, the one you're watching right now? Walking Dead? Oh, yeah. Literally Catching the walking on that dead. One. Um, and, and there's so much death that it's just like, oh, that's just another one. That's just another character. Oh, that's just another bullet shot. Mm -hmm. That's just another arrow fired. Um, that I mean, if we look at the some of the films that have the most on-screen deaths, so not like war scenes like in Lord of the Rings or whatever, but I mean, we're seeing three to 500 on-screen deaths with things like, yeah. I think it was like Troy was one of them, was one of the top, maybe even number one. Um, and... It, it there comes a time where we almost go numb to it and we're like oh man i liked that character well, let's move on right but i think that this one there was such a a preciousness of life that wednesday held in the midst of being this kind of obscure darker family member that she's like life is precious mm -hmm. and something happened to someone even though i didn't really know them that well like the kid in the forest and she's like but justice needs to be done this is 
there is something divine about a soul of a person mm-hmm. and a human being that I, I I agree with you that I think that was really cool that they didn't celebrate it and she's like this is this is a big deal yeah and this shouldn't be okay so we need to, we need to solve this and she which shows there. character growth if you think about someone as iconic as Wednesday who has a fascination with dark stuff yeah. to care about students she doesn't know not living anymore mm-hmm. like that shows the arc of her growth and her desire for solving crimes and mm-hmm. solving like the mysteries and it, it brings us in as an audience to grow with her to go on that journey with her and be like what is actually happening because we all know innately that you know death is sad and that life does matter so i think it's kind of a cool way to introduce this storyline that still stays true to her bizarre interest but without mm-hmm. it being like promoted so yeah absolutely because i mean even death that happened you know 30 years prior 20 years prior when the parents were in high school yeah. like is still talked about and in like this should not happen in this town like yeah. this is something that should be rare should be never but and i, I think that that's that's really impactful and, and kind of why i like tv shows now better than movies in a way is because you get to develop with the characters you get more yeah. characters you get more time with them and if they cherish life in these shows, when a death does happen, it's a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're just killing off characters left and right, you kind of grow numb to it. You really do, which is sad. Yeah, and because, granted, it's just a character, but it, it's wild how we can watch cinema anymore and be like, well, there goes that character, there goes that character, there goes that character. <laughs> and I, I love that they let you you know, grow attached to these, these people. And so when bad things did happen, um, you cared more. Yeah, this, I agree. This show did a good job of making you care. So. Mm-hmm. Good job, Wednesday. Good job. <laughs> good job. Do you have any more points? I have one. Okay, I, do I have, have one, one more too. Awesome. Uh, so this one is big time spoiler towards the end about wow, wow. the resurrection, right? So this Ooh. is a two-parter. Ooh. So part one is there was half of the story. There was a page torn out of a book and it looked like Wednesday Adams was standing in front of the school that was on fire. Yeah. So everyone is blaming her. There's half the picture. People drew their entire opinion off of half of the picture. Come right? on, let's go. Then when the full picture comes out, it provides the storyline of the resurrection of the old evil guy with the, you know, pilgrim hat and all of this. I was going to forget his name, but he was going to come back and he was going to destroy the school. And Wednesday Adams was that savior complex of, mm. or like where she was going to be the one protecting the school that was on fire because of this. So she was actually the hero. Um, and so that's just a quick note to say, you know, careful drawing entire opinions on people or movies or shows or life because you might only have half the picture come on somebody <laughs> that's a good and word that's a good then word. the other part is resurrection right so the bad guys in this are longing for goody adams is this old ancestor that took out this bad guy that wanted to get rid of you know normies and or get rid of the the others and like uh, what are they called? Like the outcasts. Outcasts. Normies. Yeah. So normies versus outcasts. And the normies wanted to kind of get rid of them and they were bad. And, and so they wanted to resurrect this old guy that they all praised and worshipped so he could come back to destroy yeah. the school and get rid of everything that wasn't. You what know, was his name? Like their... Jedediah? <laughs> Probably. Jedediah Jericho or something Jer- like that. Something like that. You guys, you guys will know who we're talking about. Um, I didn't write that note the down. The pilgrim dude. But yeah, so there's this fight during the entire show for the resurrection of him and i found myself rooting against it Mm -hmm. because he stood for evil Mm -hmm. and there's a and i i just there are good people and bad people in this world that will watch that show and still not be rooting for that guy to be resurrected Mm. and you're like there's something wrong about that there's something when we watch cinema that we all kind of at least most of us in our guts know is right and wrong and so this is a story of good versus evil mm-hmm. and redemptive qualities of a evil quote unquote Adams family redeeming them into the good side. Everyone thought she was the bad one. They had half the picture. Yeah. And then when it was really needed, she stepped up in the place of good. But then spoiler alert, she gets stabbed and dies. And Goody Adams as a ghost comes back. And in that moment when she's about to die, again, viewers in their guts are just like, no. They're like, I don't want this guy, but why does she have to die? Yeah. And then 
I found myself rooting for her resurrection, right? Yeah, because yeah. there's good in her. Yeah. And so I, I loved that complex that they did of like, there was a resurrection of both good and evil, um, similar to like Harry Potter and all of that, where I was like, why do I not want this to happen? But now that this hero died, why do I want resurrection to happen? Is my hope in them? Like, hmm. where is... And so that was a really cool parallel because then she, the ghost passed through her. She would never see her ancestor again. That was the deal. Mm -hmm. But she was worth, she's like, I'm willing to give that sacrifice. I've never seen Goody Adams again. So I can save the people now. Yeah. So I can come back. I can defeat the evil. And it was good versus evil, both resurrected. And it was cool to see my heart kind of be torn of like, while both were happening, why I felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really cool parallel of like, even Jesus's disciples were like, I thought you said you were king. I thought you said you were it. You were God. Now you're gone? I'm going to run. Like, you just got sacrificed yeah. on this cross. I got to hide. Like, I'm I with thought, you like, while you're here with me. But yeah, as soon as you're and, out, I'm out. Like, what else and, do I do? Yeah, their, their hope was crushed. Yeah. And um, I, But then, resurrection. You root for that because Jesus is good. He, yeah. He is perfection, right? And And... I, I love him, like my life, why I'm so in love with Jesus is just because of the hope I can give in a perfect God that fights for good in resurrection. So I know, you know, once I pass, mm. there's a hope in this resurrection that is beautiful, that is for good. Yeah. It's not for evil. Yeah. And so that's why I love following Jesus is because he's, he's, he has a God that stands for the resurrection into perfection and into good and into beauty and into love, which is what we were fighting for with Wednesday. We wanted her to resurrect, not the other guy. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool parallel. Look at this. See, the thing, the reason why I'm glad we get to have conversations like this is because I feel like if a random everyday conservative Christian, if that's one of you, hey, welcome. We're welcome. glad you're here. We've been if, them. <laughs> if they're just like going through Netflix and they see Wednesday's show pop up, it's it might be common to be like, oh, that's probably too, too dark. I'm not going to watch that. And that's fine if that's your conviction. But I think what's really cool is that you can watch a show like Wednesday that is all about this like darker kind of horrific murders are happening. How do we solve this mystery? Monsters. Monsters, and... creepy. There's some blood. And you can pull out the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ <laughs> or the, the battles of good and evil or someone who's pegged as bad becoming good. You can pull out some really Redemption. cool themes. And so I hope it, that encourages you if you've kind of said, I'm not going to watch this or or maybe this is too much for me, um, by all means, follow your own conviction. But if you're interested in, in giving it a shot, that's kind of the lens we see all of the stuff we watch through is what what nuggets of truth is in here. If these shows are being made by people who are made in the image of God, then we know that innately there is something from God in them. How do we pull that out and say, look at this cool thing and how does it point back to Jesus? Absolutely. Yeah. Why am I resonating with this and how can I apply it to my life? How can so, Wednesday Adams teach me the gospel? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think it happened in this show, which was cool. So mm -hmm. I heard you have one more point. I have one more point and it's just kind of a general point, virality. This show took mm -hmm. off really quickly. And if you are a Netflix person, you know that Stranger Things took off really quickly and Outer Banks had its moment. and there's different moments in time where a show on Netflix goes viral. And I wanted to kind of discuss what is it about Wednesday that made it this viral sensation? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I've never seen this happen before. And granted, like we're young, we're youngins, we're youngins. Well, but you maybe, <laughs> I hit 30 this past year. Woo! But I think it's with the rise of Netflix and streaming services like Hulu, HBO Max, Stars. there's all kinds of options. Like now more than ever, there's this access to something that unites everyone, whereas maybe 10, 15 years ago, that was we're all hunkered down on a Tuesday night to watch the same show on ABC. Or listen to the radio back in the day of yeah. uh, the ball game or whatever it was. Right. Like, or like all go together. All go to the theater to, to like watch Absolutely. this movie in, in real time. Yeah. But I think with Netflix, what's cool about it is that more than any other streaming service, they really market towards Gen Z and millennials. So they gear it towards a younger audience. I think both with their social media presence and casting, casting and the new stuff that they come out with percentage wise, there's more stuff that gears towards younger audiences 
dramas in high school, like To All the Boys I've Loved, or adventure shows like Outer Banks, Ginny and Georgia. Like they're always trying to create new content quickly that is for a younger audience. So Wednesday falls into that bucket. So that's like a bonus point. Then they're casting Jenna Ortega, who's from Disney Channel. So people like me who- And you. I was cusped Uh right at the end. I think she was on Bizarre Vark like right when I was in college. So I, I, I didn't grow up with her. But she's still young enough, and I have some memories of her. So it's kind of a yeah. cool, like, I want to see her succeed. And she was in You, is what I was saying. Yes, well. <laughs> she was in the <laughs> show you. you. I was like, me? I wasn't and in you. No, I and wasn't you. in Wednesday. That'd be cool, though. <laughs> but so they have both the casting and the demographic and the setting. And, like, our generation, millennials, we're kind of like the people who grew up with Harry Potter and some of these, like, wizardy, kind of dark, but not celebrating gore genres that really bring in the mystery. So our mm-hmm. generation is like, oh, I like Harry Potter. I might yeah. like this. And we kind of have the memory of the Adams family from our parents. So Absolutely. I think all those things, it was very and like strategic. The botanist, right? With the glasses yes. and the red boots, originally played Wednesday Adams, not the original, original rest in peace to her. She just passed. Um, but the yes. botanist in the is, show. Yeah, she was Wednesday Adams like 20, 30 years ago. So our parents that have that <laughs> you know um what is it nostalgic, nostalgic yeah, yeah nostalgia around it they might want to watch it to yes. see the reenactment so it kind of did cross generations yeah so i think it's a very strategic kind of way to make a new show to launch it while everyone's on christmas break that Smart. was strategic netflix knows what they're doing while everyone's home and it's kind of right in the sweet spot of it's a little too much for I, I personally have like more of a conservative approach to this. So I would say it's a little too much for middle schoolers, but it's like not, it's nothing that's too crazy. And it has the mystery aspect. So it perfectly encompasses like age 15 to like 55. I think anyone in that bucket who loves a good mystery could enjoy this show. So I think- Our cat just fell off the chair. So just ignore that Buddy. for a minute. <laughs> But I think that's one of the reasons why it went viral. It's a wide range of audiences that can be captured. And it has that underdog aspect of like, anyone can relate to that storyline. So it brings in all these niche people who are like, wait, I've always felt like I'm othered or I've always been into this kind of darker stuff. So let me watch it as well as the everyday person who's like, I love a good mystery and it's Christmas break, what else? So I think all of that together brings in this like virality sensational thing. I think the only thing to look out for that I'm curious is like, will it continue? They did get approved for season two. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see, will it be as good as the first season? Will it stay viral, trendy, whatever? But regardless of all of that, like how does the actual show stand up and like, will more audiences still appreciate it? Absolutely. And I think that's what was really cool about this one is it didn't lose identity while spreading over all of that, right? Yeah. There are a lot of shows out there that I don't think are as good because they try to target the 15 year olds and mm-hmm. the 20 year olds and the 50 year olds and they try to mix it all together and try to keep everyone's attention, but they lose their own identity in the meantime yeah. and force stuff into the story. But this felt very Tim Burton, very Adam's family, very like fantastical, like it it spread across a wide range of, that was actually hard to say, spread across a wide range of- <laughs> It's the wine. No, it's actually not. <laughs> um, but, and it still landed, right? Yeah. It, it didn't like lose me halfway through because I was like, oh, that's for 15 year olds and I didn't relate to that episode right. at all. Or, oh, I didn't understand that reference to, I, I think families can really come together and enjoy this for everyone in that kind of, I mean, again, sure. with your own, uh, have your own, you know, uh, scale on what's good for your family and not, but this is a good one that I feel like a lot of people can sit down and and enjoy a good show. I would call it a good show. I would too. Um, and one other thing I was going to say about that is that one of my peeves is when they're making stuff for younger audiences that has a lot of like sexual content in it. And this is again, one of those shows that doesn't even touch that at all. Maybe there's like one kiss or something, but that's it. And I appreciate that because it can just stay kind of a family friendly darker mystery that we can all enjoy instead of one of these like don't look like <laughs> kind of things so still i do love triangles and who and sure. Xavier and but to know. me i gravitate towards cinema that's more of this like mystery monster like something's yeah. happening versus like i feel kind of icky watching <laughs> yeah. so i do appreciate that it, it stayed viral but not because they were like showing skin or anything weird which is what a lot of things feel like they have to do anymore to yes. be able to have re- 
relevance to modern society. Like so. Wednesday's the most like dressed. She her collars are up to here. She is wearing all black, long sleeves. <laughs> but I think so, it's time to I score. Really cool. It is. It is. So we do a scoring system. We have five different points and then an overall. And so we both separately scored acting, cinematography, story, how kid friendly and family friendly this is, overall depth of the show or film, and then just an overall score that we would give it on whether we should watch it or not. Whether you thus, should watch yes, it. Yes, whether you should. So I know thus far we said, you know, with starting with Avatar, we were like, that's, I mean, of course we're going to recommend that. And I think we're going to lean into some, a lot of the good viral things and say why they're good and why they are not. Totally. Um, but we'll also maybe press into some that maybe aren't so good and say maybe you should or why they are bad. So um, I know we're kind of leaning on heavily favored films in the good category right now, but uh, I'm excited to hear your scoring. So what you got? Okay. I said for acting, 7.5, because I don't think anyone was bad at acting or anything like that, but these characters are hard to portray. I think Jenna Ortega did an amazing job at Wednesday. Like it was serious and quirky and funny, um, but sometimes it would be in my brain, if you're in a hyper emotional role or there's these dramatic scenes of these huge monologues, that is like really intense. It takes a lot of talent to do. I don't think this had many opportunities for her to like show off that crazy emotional side, but when it did happen, there's a scene when the little hand gets stabbed, yeah, the thing the gets thing. stabbed. And it brought me like to tears because I was like, she's really like going for it. Like her acting skills, I think are really dynamic. And there there wasn't enough opportunity to really show that off. But overall, the whole cast- She only blinked like five times. I know. <laughs> overall, the whole cast, I think did a great job. Not like s completely stellar, but like I think they deserve a 7.5 yeah. from me. Absolutely. So my scoring is actually similar. And I just agree that this is one of those that is very enjoyable, but it's hard to stand out for performance. Right. And I don't know exactly what it is, and I've tried to put a name on it over the years for like why that is. It might just be a genre thing. But yeah, this one didn't ask for overperformances or leaning on one character in particular for strength in acting. It was just the character development was unique enough that they could just press an Enid was very colors yeah. and I'm happy go lucky I like time. her <laughs> and Wednesday just needed to be like that is phenomenal acting but it doesn't come across because it's just deadpan deadpan that's it. right and so I give it a 7.2 okay cool. um yeah I, I thought it was you great and enjoyable and I think it takes an incredible amount of talent for those actors to do what they did but I don't think that the show allows for as good of a performance as they could give sure. if they had a different character so I, agree. I couldn't give it a higher score but yeah right in the mid sevens I give it 7.2 7.5 and I wonder if that's partly because Tim Burton does a lot of animated yeah, stuff. Yeah, and claymation. And maybe and, he's used like, to controlling the look of something. Yeah. So maybe the direction on this was more like. We'll get him on the next podcast this. and ask him. Yeah, we'll ask yeah, Tim. So. Tim, if you're Tim, watching. If you're watching, let us know. Let's go. All right, cinematography, I gave it a six. Good, but again, genre related. It doesn't have to be something outstanding. It was intriguing, crisp, clear. Like, I never noticed any, like, issues about being out of focus or continuity or anything like that. But it was also very like, the set was heavy and rich. So it was kind of like full all the time. It's either like a dark moody lighting in the dorm or in a classroom or in the forest. So I think because of the darkness and the nature of like the way they colored the whole thing, cinematography doesn't have to stand out kind of like the acting. It can be like, it's just happening. You didn't have to notice it. So I gave it a six, I think a fair score. Awesome. Um, hello, Appa. So our Hi. cat just joined us on the couch. If you're listening and not watching, sweet boy. Um, so I went a different route, and I might have to do some internal deep dive for why yes. um, I did this for cinematography, but not for acting. I give it a seven nine. Okay. But for almost the same reason of why of what you just said. Yeah. So like the set was so beautiful, and the lighting was so beautiful, and the the framing right like the actual frames that they chose that the camera felt invisible yeah which is good cinematography that's true and so it allowed me to experience the space in these wonderful beautiful sets and locations and india's not listening to me now i she's am the cat so buddy i think Appa is, needs to go buddy so you is can actually inv buddy also in this says conversation good cinematography yeah he says i love Wednesday. he watched it with us yeah so. he did uh but there, like for acting, I was like, there wasn't a space to overact, so I ranked it low. But in cinematography, there wasn't a space to do 
over the top camera work, but True. then I ranked it higher. So I don't know exactly <laughs> why my heart's like there. Maybe just because I'm a camera guy. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated the cinematography that they were strategic on placements. They made you feel a certain way with the angles, mm. with the lens choices, with the wide shots, with the close-ups, with um, you know, they didn't overuse a you know Dutch angle to make you feel off about things. They let you into the environment yeah. and experience the space, and the camera felt invisible. I was Respect. just like watching it. So no, that's, I feel that. Uh, give it a seven nine. Nice. Okay, almost two points higher. Storyline. Okay. I said 8.8. Okay. I thought it was intriguing. I'm a 26-year-old adult, and I was constantly, like, on the edge of my seat. There were a couple moments where I was guessing what was going to happen, and it, it did, but it never fully, like, not all of my guesses came true. There was enough twists and turns that kept me intrigued, so I wasn't, like, bored with it, and... I felt like it was really interesting from the first episode through the last, like everything kept a nice pace, kept me intrigued the whole time. There was growth, there was twists and turns. So yeah, 8.8. Awesome, I give it an 8.1, so okay. also in the eights. Okay. Uh, I, I thought it, and this might just be, um, you know, a screenwriter and a storyteller and all that. And so there were parts that were predictable. Um, there were some parts yeah, that I called yeah. that you didn't, and yeah. there were parts that you called that I didn't. Um, but an 8.1 rating for me is also like, the story was just good. Just like, good. I think sometimes we want the next big, crazy, uh, like, unseen story, and I wasn't expecting that. And this offered that, though. Like, it's a yeah. very, any movie, if you break it down to its basics, or any show, it's kind of the same story. Like, we can't. It's, it's hard to make something that feels unique and different. And I think people latched onto this because it was a story that's been told multiple times in multiple ways, but this one felt original in a way. Yeah. And it, it brought you into the characters and it made you, like it's kids at a school and there's competition and there's good and bad. Sure. And there's an underdog and like, but the story, somehow they did it that I really cared and there were enough twists and turns and you're rooting for people and then you were wrong as a watcher and they were wrong as a, you know, character on the screen and it was just a really cool uh, story that brought me in and I cared about it. I wanted to watch the next episode because I cared about what happened, which yeah. I think is a good story. Agree. I think Agree. we can nitpick stories sometimes, but what if you just sat back and enjoyed? Giant. Oh. All right. So next is kid friendly. I said six, which might be generous depending on who you are. It is gory at times, not in the sense of like someone's you know, limb is flying off or anything. But there were a few moments where it was like, even for me, like, oof, that's kind of hard to watch. Like, I think in the first, in the pilot episode, someone's, like, they go past a, a car accident and someone's, like, head is kind of, like, at an unnatural angle. And there's there's times when the, there's a monster that attacks people and you see the blood splatter and stuff. But what I do think kept it um, a little more in the teenager realm is the monster looks like a Tim Burton character. It's not too gory. It's not too believable. Big googly eye type. Uh... Yeah, it's still scary if you're like a younger kid. Like I would say under the age of 12, it's probably scary. But I think they did a good job of making it not like this horrific, scary, gonna give you nightmares type of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and more like, it's believably- It's a monster. It's a be believably scary. It's not like Stranger Things monster CGI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a cartoon monster in a real world sense yeah so use your best judgment with it Absolutely. if you've got little little ones i would say probably not but i think around middle school or higher it'd be it'd be fine yeah so i actually did just change my score for people that uh were watching probably someone pick up my phone and that's because originally i was thinking family friendly and i was kind of talking about that overall score of yes. like generational but i realized that our scoring system is kid friendly and so mine's a six four okay. um 6.4 i i think it's yeah, just everything that you just said. Like, I, I think a 10-year-old with the right parents around them, talking them through it afterwards and maybe hiding them from some certain scenes. Totally. Um, is is maybe fine. Uh, sorry if you judge me for that. I guess kids thing, are exposed like, to stuff that, like, it's. I just yeah. don't. Like, I feel like a 10-year-old was reading Harry Potter, you yeah, know? So, absolutely. like, that, it's probably in that realm. Yeah. And it's so definitely not as scary. But <laughs> this is a darker drama fantastical show that I think more kids could watch than not. Yeah. Um, but I would watch it with parents and parents I would maybe watch it first because it is scary. I mean, there are parts that I was like, I'm not going to watch this at midnight right before I go to bed. I'd rather watch this at, you know, 
one o'clock p.m. on my lunch break. Mood. Uh, so totally. I don't have to. So uh, just use your best judgment. But yeah, um, right in that six category. It's scary, but be careful. It's enjoyable. Yeah. All right. Depth. Depth and then overall score. We should probably take this one out at some point. No, I love it. I just have a very different score than you, I'm assuming. Okay. I like depth. What? This is my idea. You're saying I have a bad idea with depth? Depth, I'm going to say 7.5. I have 6.2. Okay. Okay. Why do you want to take out depth? I just think, so for this one, it wasn't too, too deep. Like, it's not going to go over your head. They're not talking in you weird. You give it a 7.5. That's pretty deep. Okay. Well, I was just saying, like, deep as far as, like, obviously we excavated quite a bit from this show like there's a lot of good themes to talk about with whoever you're watching it with so there's stuff that you can pull out of it but it's not like you know this insane plot line or something that's too tricky or too hard to grasp so that's kind of why i gave it my score yeah um i gave it a little less because i mean we even talked about not talking about Wednesday and this because it was almost hard to find depth. True. And at least biblical illusions, but then we sat with it, we chewed on it a little bit and we're like, okay, there is actually more to offer here. And I think that's important as well as moviegoers and watching TV shows to, to sit with it a little longer than just an initial reaction of like, oh, that was just surfacy. Yeah. So we sat with it, we chewed on it a little bit and it was a little deeper than I thought. Um, but again, it was a little simple. Yeah. Which I think made it good. I didn't yeah. think it tried to overcomplicate. There's a mystery. They're trying to solve it. There's twists and turns. There's good and evil. Yeah. And I don't think too much depth was needed. I, th I think when they leaned into generational past and all of mm -hmm. that, it helped add depth and, you know, over generational trauma from this same school and this place and these, you know, parents to kids and uh, good and evil and the outcasts and the normies like there there's a lot to talk about and it has some depth to it um but also you can enjoy it just at a surface level and that's totally fine one thing really quickly just a side note when i watched this at the end when there's like goody adams comes back and there's this like pilgrim kind of situation who's trying to eradicate the outcasts and just have it all normies um, I don't know if anyone else has seen Hocus Pocus 2, <laughs> but I watched it on Halloween and I had never seen the Hocus Pocus stuff. So I got caught up and watched it and <clears throat> little bit of the same exact plot line. And I remember mentioning it to you. I was like, I know they didn't plagiarize this, but mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting how Hocus Pocus 2 came out in October and Wednesday came out in December. So they both were in production likely at the same time. But in that movie, there's very, very, there's a very, very similar plot line that goes on. It's this pilgrim, literally the same hat and all. Yeah. <laughs> the pilgrim and Jericho founder. So what is the, Jer okay. he founded Jericho, but his name is Joseph Crackstone. Okay. Yes. Okay. In Hocus Pocus 2, there's the same, <laughs> literally the same pilgrim hat and all. It's this guy who comes out and is like, you're a witch. You're terrible. Burn the witch get rid of all of the people who are different from us, all yeah. the witches. And in Wednesday, it's the same idea. This old pilgrim is like, you're an outcast, get rid of all the outcasts. So yeah. I don't think, for a while and all that yeah, stuff, I don't think they plagiarized off of each other. It, it was probably impossible, too to, deep. <laughs> but yeah, I think that goes with the depth thing is like, it's hard to have an original idea and even that had overlap in the same release here. So might be a little tension between those two, I wonder. I wonder what the hot goss is in Hollywood. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So what is your overall score, baby girl? Okay, honey sweets. I've been changing mine for the past 50 minutes while okay. we've been talking about this. Where I think this should fall in your cinema queue is 8.3. If you care about a little bit about virality and wanting to know, like you don't want FOMO, you want to know what everyone's talking about, I think watch it as soon as possible. If you don't care and you're just like, eventually I'll get to it, or I, I watched it already, but I wanna maybe bring my family in and we'll have a fun little movie week with it, then I would say 8.3, like watch it soonish because it'd be fun to get in the know and kind of know what's happening before the next season comes out. Yeah. But I like being in the know. So I'm like, oh, what's everyone talking oh. about? Let's watch Wednesday. <laughs> but if awesome. you don't care, then maybe down the line. Yeah, my overall um, is, a little less, I gave it a seven, eight. I changed this a lot of times. Um, I think why I changed it lower, I made it lower and lower every time I changed my score. Um, 
because it was great. And every time I finished an episode again, I wanted to watch the next episode. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was incredibly well done. The world building was phenomenal. The characters were fun and they leaned into, you know, nostalgia of a storyline and dove into a character that has been around for years and years and years. I, I did find myself only talking about it usually because of the virality of it. Mm. And I, I found myself, I would rank other shows and movies higher that aren't talked about in like there common culture as much. Like I only have a couple friends that watch Peaky Blinders. But I talk about it so often and I would rank that one higher than this. And we'll hopefully maybe like I'll do a episode on Peaky Blinders or maybe five um, <laughs> because I find myself talking about it when it's not the hot topic and when it's not there viral. And like I'm talking about it for reasons why it's good and not because of why it's popular. And so I think it's very, very solid. I mean, I still give it in the sevens. Like if I didn't like this, that would be fours, right? So if you're like me um, and you care about being part of the cool kids. <laughs> Watch it now. And if you're more like Ian. <laughs> um, you, you should absolutely watch it now. I think it was great. Um, I'm excited for season two. I'm not trying to bash on it in any means. I No, um, I get it. I just I have it. a specific taste in film that this landed in the high-ish sevens. Yeah. And I think that is a solid score. And I, I would say uh, put it high on your cinema queue because it's worth it. It's really worth it. It's real cute. Um, there are many shows that I think are also viral that I don't want to watch the next episode. And it takes forever for me to get through. Um, but this one, I really wanted to watch it, so it's good. Word. Absolutely. All right. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have you seen Wednesday? Can we Let put us a vote know in the comments below if we think India will ever finish a drink during this podcast. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let us know what you think in the comments below. And next, after this, yes. we are going to be talking about another award-nominated winning film that we watched recently. Yes. Uh, and it's called, so good. drum roll please, <laughs> uh, Where the Crawdads Sang. Where the Crawdads Sang. And I will just let you know on a little cliffhanger that we were nervous when this movie came out. We were nervous. I don't even know if India remembers why, but why? Uh, we just thought the storyline Oh, was... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we were nervous. We will tell you why later. But next uh, next time on Cinema Q, we will be talking about Where the Crawdads Sang. And so. all the craziness around it. Yes. It's very good. So, so if you haven't yet, watch Where the Crawdads Sing. I think it's on Netflix. Absolutely. Um, go ahead and take a minute and watch that. Jot down your notes, and we'll see if we can compare things in our next episode. Absolutely. Until next time, this has been Cinema Q, and we'll catch you later. Wednesday on a Sunday. Bye.